From WKYT Podcast, this is Uniquely Kentucky. I'm your host, Amber Philpotts. Welcome to Uniquely Kentucky. This is Amber Philpott. I know that I've been away from the podcast world for a while, but sometimes it gets busy and things like the election and the news get in the way here at WKYT, but I'm back to business and I'm celebrating season two of Uniquely Kentucky. You know, just this past weekend, this brainchild of mine turned one and I couldn't believe all the folks that I had interviewed over the last year and just how much fun it was. So I'm rolling out season two today of Uniquely Kentucky in this podcast. I have some really interesting Kentuckians lined up for you, and that is the unique part of this particular podcast. I'm looking for folks um, that I just want to have a conversation with, people that I can just sit down and do a little kitchen table talk with. So if you like this podcast, give us a review. Let us know what you think. I certainly appreciate it. And so if you're listening today, just hit us up with that review and then come back to us and we will have some great conversations with some really interesting Kentuckians over the next couple of months. So now it's back to business. Today just happens to be my birthday. It's November 20th. And when you are the podcast host, that means you get to pick the guest. So I picked on my birthday someone who I have always wanted to spend a little time with. She is someone who I have definitely admired from afar. I have eaten at a number of her restaurants, but I've always admired her for much more than just her food. I just admire her for what she does and the person that she is in our community. Weta Michael is in the house today. Chef Weta, how are you? Happy birthday. Thank you. I am so honored I get to be here on your birthday. Yes. So when I said, who can I get for season two? And I just took a stab. You're a busy lady, I know. But thank you for coming in. You just told me you're in the middle of... Christmas decorating at Holly Hill Inn, (laughs) and I know that's got to be an undertaking, right? Yeah, but I'm a big fan of yours, too, so I was thrilled to be invited. I'm I love KYT and I love you and I watch you almost every night. (laughs) I appreciate that. That means the world. Wita, you are like the queen of bluegrass chefs and food. I know you probably don't like that title, but from somebody looking in, man, you really have your pulse on restaurants and food and just being a part of the community. I well, thank you for saying that. I do have eight restaurants in 10 locations and over 200 employees at this point. So yeah, I'm, (laughs) I'm at the top of my game, I guess. I'm, um, I've been, I've really enjoyed, we've went through a huge expansion in our company when we opened Honeywood and then, you know, opened Zim's. And we also launched the events aspect of our business called Holly Hill events. So the last three years have been extremely, um, you know, extremely demanding and very growth oriented. So it feels great. 2019 has felt so nice to have all the restaurants open and really be focusing on customer experience, product development, menu development, and really honestly, how to develop our company into being great employers, you know, thinking about our employees and what they need proper training and all that kind of thing. I've been doing a deep dive into all those issues. Does it feel like you finally have all of your children in a row? It does. And they're kind of taking care of themselves? That's it, what it sounds like. It does. Like we're going, well, all, all the restaurants are different ages. So the Holly Hill Inn is the grand, grandma of the group. And we've owned the Holly Hill Inn 20 years next year. But the Holly Hill Inn just turned 40 last week. So 
it's which is quite a number of years for a restaurant. Um, so that the there are the older the restaurants are, the more established their systems, their operating systems are. So they need a little bit less. You know, so when they need help, it's usually things like, oh, the floor while a station is cat, you know, caving in and needs to be replaced. There are big facility issues that have to be addressed. But more often, those are the big issues for us. The the operating management team is, you know, in a groove and really doing well with the older restaurants and the younger restaurants. Still, you know, like Zim's is just a baby, just celebrating its birthday this week, uh, first birthday. So, you know, they're learning. They're constantly learning what's working for their clientele. What's not working? What are people responding to? Um, what's it like to be in the middle of downtown? All those issues. What's amazing is when you think about having eight restaurants, um, they're all very different. But also, if someone has never gotten to experience any of your restaurants, shame on them. <laughs> but, you know, when you go into each one of them, though, you still feel kind of home. You still yeah. get that same feeling in every one. And that's pretty remarkable to be able to do that across eight different places, eight different menus. Well, we... what. We took a. Uh, I was inspired by a group of uh, restaurants in Chicago by, that was owned by a guy named um, I think his, his his last name is Melman, and it was Let Us Entertain You. And all of his restaurants were different, but they were all in a group. And there are several groups around the country that do that um, that were inspiring inspiring to Chris and I as we started letting our group grow a bit. But also, it's very. Because place is so important in Kentucky, I think as Kentuckians, we really respond to place. Um, so each, we wanted each one to feel like it's, that's very, feel authentic to where it is. So even though they're related, um, they have differences because they're all in different places. And they all, and they all, you know, uh, are part of different communities, little micro communities. So Smithtown down on West Jeff on West Sixth and Jefferson, that's a specific neighborhood and little community. And you know, partnering with West Sixth, that's a different kind of community. Wallace Station out in Woodford County, that's going to be a different kind of community. So that's why they're different. Um, and I've just never had the desire. I I must have attention deficit disorder because I just never had the desire to constantly recreate the same thing over and over again. Oh, it would be the same. It's very hard to yeah. do that too. It requires a specific kind of discipline that I probably, I just don't have it. I don't have, I'm not going to be the person that's like, is this hamburger the exact same as that one? You know, I just don't, can't do that. Where does your passion for food and, and that type of um, place, making a place for people come from? I think it, well, I probably got it from my family. My mom especially was a wonderful cook and my grandmother too. And I was so lucky as a kid growing up with a mom that, you know, made sure that there was homemade dinner on the table every night. And even if we were eating late, even no matter what, you know, we, we ate together and I love, I definitely, both of my parents loved food, loved cooking. And I got my passion from that for sure. Do you have that earliest memory of food and, and sort of uh, how it made you feel? Because I think we all have that one thing, yeah. right? <laughs> well, yes. I mean, I think when we are little, we learn to tie food and emotion together very um, strongly. I worry about that sometimes with young families because so many of our kids now, their food memories all come from restaurants. That's another thing that's very important to me to create family spaces that are intergenerational in our restaurants. So... 
um, so that kids and their moms and dads and their grandparents can all feel comfortable in the same space, that it's not specific, it's not trendy for a specific group. It's more like this is a nice restaurant where a family can go and uh, that's that's important because I think so many of our kids are getting their food memories from different places. And that may not be a bad thing, but it's definitely different. When I was little, I remember coming home from school, opening the door, and you could smell if your mom was making chili or spaghetti or, you know, and so she, we all have those favorite dishes. And it just meant, didn't it make you feel great? Yeah. Yeah. You know, I had the pleasure of living 13 miles out of town and my grandfather was a school bus driver. Oh, yeah. So that meant I was the first one on and the last <laughs> one off. But my great grandmother lived right a stone's throw away. And so every morning we stopped oh, yeah. to eat breakfast every afternoon there were always biscuits on the table no matter what time of day you know it was yeah. there was always some kind of jam there and there's those just things like just stick with you and you know I can smell it to this day you know that kind of memory um it's almost bringing tears to my eyes because those kinds of memories we're not making those anymore in our families because our lives are so busy I am not judging because honey I am as busy as they get. My daughter doesn't got, come home to biscuits on the table. <laughs> but I think about that all the time. I, I worry about it because so many people share that kind of experience. And in my family too, my mother, my mom did start working outside the home when I was a teenager. Um, so our lives changed, but she, she never gave up on like baking all of our bread and doing all those little things and things that I've never done for my own daughter. Well, there's time. Sure. There's time. There's <laughs> time. Hopefully I have grandchildren one day. <laughs> yes, then you spoil them. You know, Weta, outside of you are so busy and outside of what you do in all of the restaurants, what I love about you is that you always um, find time to give back. Um, and it might be in the sense of, you know, at events or charity things, but also I feel like you have given back a lot to other um, upcoming young both men and women, yeah. uh, chefs that are really looking to kind of find their place in that world. And you have done your part, it seems like to me, to give back to them. Oh, gosh, thank you. Well, that is one of the most important things to me. Um, I feel that Lexington and Central Kentucky, I've, I've said this to uh, Mary Quinn Reimer before our visit Lex to president, that what if we were a community that what welcomed um, chefs and restaurateurs like and food service employees and made this like a safe zone for everybody. Can you imagine how great that would be for tourism? And I kind of I want that for myself. So I try to be as welcoming as I can because it's a difficult profession. It's a really demanding physically. It's really demanding intellectually and emotionally too. It is a tough job to be a chef or to be a mixologist or to, you know, be a service uh, captain or a service employee. Um, and we expect so much from those young people that are fulfilling those jobs. Um, so I just want to encourage everybody who lives in Lexington to support uh, people who are working in the restaurant industry. Um, but we have a wealth of talent in this town right now. We are, I will say, I think we're killing Louisville with, I, I, I know, I, I'm sorry to be so competitive, but I do feel, I do feel like right now Lexington's restaurant community is as strong as it's ever been. I've been back since 1993 and it's never been so good. It is extremely talented. You know, right I now. often say that. I, I don't always like to use the word foodie city because I feel like that's more trendy. Yeah. But I, I agree with you. I think we really have our thumb on the pulse. Of we do. Of what's going on and there's something for everybody out there we do here i want to i here's how why just recently amber this blew my mind so for the last three years i've done this 
uh, a fundraiser for Food Chain, a nonprofit mm-hmm. down that's affiliated with Smithtown and with West Sixth. It's called Feast. And so we have brought these friends of mine in from regionally around the country, women chefs, and they've come back every single year, wonderful group of four women. And every year we've invited local women to come and also be a part, present their food, also just network, get to know each other. Oh my gosh, we have so many young women cooking in Lexington right now that are so talented. I'm pulling the national chefs off the floor at feast and going to put them like into cooking classes and stuff like that because we have so many young women in Lexington who are killing it. I mean, it's just wonderful. That's great. That is awesome to hear. I mean, I love having those like top people here, but to yeah. know that we have that ground level folks that we do. really want in. So I read that um, a lady who I also really admire as well was sort of a mentor to you, Debbie Long. Oh, yes. Dudley's on short. Yeah. Uh, Debbie is a wonderful woman, wonderful businesswoman, and she kind of gave you you kind of that push she did she so when I got back uh when I moved back to Lexington in 1993 from New York City and I had gone I'd moved to New York City to kind of pursue my cooking ambitions and then I went to chef school I came back and I wasn't thinking I would stay because I thought I assumed I was getting married to a New York boy and I assumed we would relocate go back to New York and I got home to plan the wedding I promised my mom I would get married in Kentucky And I moved back to Lexington to live at home and plan this wedding. And um, no one would hire me (laughs) until I walked into Dudley's restaurant. And John Foster got my resume. And I was sitting in the, this is the old Dudley's, sitting Mm -hmm. in the bar. And he came up. And he and Debbie came up together. And he hired me on the spot. And I adore both of them. John now has his own restaurant, the Sage Rabbit. Incredibly great restaurant. And Debbie Long... Um, has been an inspiration to me my whole career. I tell her all the time, I'm like, I don't golf. She's a fantastic golfer. And I'm not, I can't ride a horse. I do love horses, but I can't ride a horse. But I've got her back. I mean, she's got mine. And we, I dearly love her. I think she is amazing. And her restaurant, Dudley's restaurant, to me, has always been a symbol of excellence in our community. It's nationally known. And she, I mean, she gives back and she brings it every night she she's she's at her front door and on the floor of her restaurant that's something I can't do that's not my gift I'm terrible at small talk and I get cranky but but I like cooking I always thought she and I should have gone into business together but it it never quite worked out in the back of the house (laughs) and she's in the front of the house and all is right I know I I might embarrass you with this I don't know but this is something that I read that you said and this just really touched my heart You said, I just try to make sure that in my businesses, women feel supported, heard, empowered, and I want that for my daughter. And you know, you've got a business to run, you've got all kinds of people, but that says a lot about you and your character and looking out for others uh, in what you want out of your employees and what they give back to your restaurants. I... My, the people that work for me, I feel like I'm, they're my biggest investment. They're my biggest asset. And I feel so lucky that I have such great team members, men and women. But women, young women in the restaurant industry, and Debbie did this for me. um, And so did Harriet Dupree. So, so have a lot of, you know, I was chef, I was Harriet's chef as well. Um, they really need a voice. They need someone who says, you can do this. Um, and I'm not easy on them. I'm not saying that I spoil them. Um, I'm pretty tough, actually, and I have very high expectations. But at the same time, 
um, you know, women in business, we really need to stick together. We need to stick together to make sure that we're all getting paid the proper amount, the equitable rate. Mm -hmm. And we also need to stick together to educate all the men that we work with about how great it is to collaborate. I've had women, I've had kitchens that are all women and they're, they're very difficult to work in. And I've had kitchens that are all men and they're very difficult to work in. The best working environment is gender balanced. Mm -hmm. And it really comes, it really is the very best. We, we bring out the best in each other. Absolutely. Women should build each other up and be tough on each other, but yeah. not be hateful and mean to one right. another. There's a fine line there, but I believe in that. I believe in that toughness on one another to push each other to be better, but to also lift each other up while you're doing it. I agree it. with that. I think there are, one of the things that I, I tell, I tell this to young women and men that work for me, I think that uh, over the years of being in business, for yourself for so long and being a chef, you have to get really good at giving feedback and accepting feedback and not taking it personally, but just this is the, this is that needs more sauce or this or that or whatever. And giving that feedback and women have a really hard time doing that. Mm. Um, and once they learn how to do it without t making everything personal, right. Sure. And they also have a tendency to want everything to be okay. I was very lucky <laughs> at UK. I was on the debate team and the mental toughness and competition that it takes um, to be on a competitive intercollegiate debate team really prepared me for a life in business in, in the sense of, of not being afraid to say what I want, not being afraid to make sure that people understand what I want them to do, not being afraid to say that isn't the way I want you to do it, to try it this way, but also not being afraid. Uh, but you also have to constantly say reward Say, yeah, that's excellent. That's great. You have succeeded. You know, recognizing that success success, and being dedicated to the success of your employees, no matter where they go. Um, I, You know what? I learned that from Debbie. Hmm. That's compliments to her. And speaking of debate team, national champion, yes, right? Yes, I know. 1986? 1986. How about that? Just a, just a week ago. Just a few years ago. All right. <laughs> Let's do a little rapid fire question here, okay? okay? Favorite food? Um, favorite food. Oh, that's not a rapid fire question. <laughs> no. Let's see. Uh, favorite food. I uh mm. I'm going to say oh, oh my gosh, I don't know if I can I, I have to take a pass. Okay, that's fine. <laughs> Worst cooking disaster. <laughs> When I was 16, I made my stepsister amaretto chicken, and I used the baking soda instead of the cornstarch. <laughs> most underutilized vegetable? Um, most underutilized vegetable. Hmm. I'm, I'm a huge vegetable lover. I'm going to say maybe kabocha squash. It's in season right now which is a very hard squash, kind of like a Hubbard mm -hmm. in Japanese in style. Okay. Go-to recipe. Go-to recipe. Um, oh, I have a ton of those. But I one of my... Um, I'm going to say right now it's a beef bourguignon recipe. That's fancy go-to recipe. <laughs> it's, it's, it's fancy, um, but not as fancy as you might think. Your biggest pet peeve at a restaurant my biggest pet peeve at a restaurant is when you walk in the front door and nobody has the confidence to look you in the eye and say, hey, hello. Just welcome give you, a, you. Welcome. Yeah. Welcome you. That's my biggest pet peeve. Bourbon or wine? Wine. <laughs> With a bourbon on. 
Oh, God. These I feel are like hard that's a questions. loaded question in our neck of the woods. But I am a bourbon lover, but I think I I can't handle a lot of bourbon, so I probably drink more wine because <laughs> it's softer. Foods you hate the most. Liver. I hate beef liver, veal right liver. There with you. That earliest cooking memory. Earliest cooking memory, I um, made my dad uh, cream of tomato soup from a can, Campbell's, and grilled cheese sandwich. I remember making that very, very young. That's awesome. Do you want to go back to the favorite food? Yeah, favorite food. I stumped I, you on that one. You did. I have certain genres that I really love, um, but let's keep this about Kentucky. Um, so my favorite food in Kentucky is probably cornbread in all its forms. So I would say spoon bread. I'm saying cornbread because I get to describe spoon bread, hoe cakes, corn sticks, <laughs> corn muffins. I love cornbread. So I'm a gal that loves a good corn fritter. Yeah, I love that. But also growing up, I loved a good corn stick. Mm-hmm. And you don't get those very often. So I'll tell you why. It is so I'm going to make you some corn sticks. Okay. Those little corn stick pans, mm-hmm. you have to get them super hot like in the oven, right? 500 degrees. And then you pour your grease in and then put your batter in and then go back in the oven. They, they only stay in the oven for a very few seconds, but it's that those trays, cause we used to try to, we do these at Holly Hill every now and then. And it's, it's scary to get those corn stick pans in and out of the oven when they're so hot and you're making like a hundred of them, you know, boom, boom, boom. Oh, but I do love a corn stick. I want to say one of the, the best things, I mean, I, you know, I've, I've eaten at the restaurants and, and I adore those, but one of the best things, and I'm not sure if you're still doing this or not, but if you are and folks are listening, it's one of the best things you can go do is the candlelight tour at Woodford and you did the dinner. Oh, yeah. Weta, that was wonderful. I mean, that was such an experience, A, just being at the distillery yeah. in itself, but then to be able to enjoy some drinks with the bourbon and then your food. Man, I have told everybody, if we is still doing that, look it up and go do it because it's really an awesome experience. We have one Christmas, we have one dinner left at Woodford this okay. year. It's our Christmas dinner. It's in December. I should know the date off the top of my head. I want to say it's December 12th. But we just finished, we have now, we do a series of dinners at Woodford all throughout the whole year. And the candlelight, that is a very, very special dinner. This year, we invited my friend Joy to come and join us too. Um, Joy Crump out of um, Virginia, who brought her pitmaster, and we had a pitmaster come and bring us a smoker. So it was really fantastic. Awesome. Yeah. What do you do for uh, fun? Because you are a gal that I know is so busy, and you, you've got so many places to manage, and work is always calling. What does We to Michael do to kind of relax? <laughs> Do you? You know, I have to leave town in order for that to happen sometimes. I love I I love spending time with friends. I have friends that have invited us down to Naples. We're not going to go this year, unfortunately, but we really enjoy it, and that's where we can really let our hair down. Um, but every week I ring bells at my church mm-hmm. in the bell choir and sing in that choir. It's a little tiny choir, Midway Christian Church. Um, and that music, every Wednesday night we practice, that really helps me. So that's one of the things that I do. I really enjoy doing. And um, I love spending time with my family. I'll make yeah. Thanksgiving dinner at Holly Hill. We close down, everybody. There's no, We're not open to the public. Chef Weta is not <laughs> making turkey for everyone. That was my next question. Does Chef Weta make the turkey for Thanksgiving? I do because I want to teach my niece and nephews and Willa, my daughter, mm-hmm. the kids all come to the kitchen at Holly Hill 
and um, we make pies. We I teach him how to do the turkey, the stuffing, the gravy, because those were the dishes that my mom and grandmother taught me, and I want to make sure I'm teaching them how to do it. Yeah. So, oh, yeah, two kinds of cranberry sauce. I Can't. think that there's something very special about what you're saying about teaching that because, um, you know, I was given cookbooks and recipes, and I have uh, handwritten recipes oh, by my yeah. great grandpa that are that are framed. Those are like pieces of art to mm-hmm. me. But when I first came to KYT and I was getting ready to get married, a, a special group of ladies out of Richmond, uh, just like, like kind of like their homemakers group, put together a box of recipes for me, all handwritten. I didn't know wow. one of these ladies. And that is one of my most prized possessions because for somebody to take the time to do something that is meaningful and probably full of love for them yes. in that dish – Man, that's the best gift you can give somebody. That really is. That Isn't is a it? really yeah. wonderful, you know, I love, that is something we have in common. I love those. Um, I have my grandmother's recipe mm-hmm. box and I go through it every now and then because the sight of her handwriting and my mom's handwriting, don't you love that? Mm-hmm. But uh, it would be really fun to look through all those recipes that you have and recipe cards and then get those into you should write a cookbook. Oh, baby. I don't know. <laughs> I just think there's something special. I keep three of them out in my kitchen because I feel connected when yeah. I'm in my kitchen, I guess, to them. And I just always say, so you, he- you heard it here first from Weta and Amber. If you're looking for gifts this Christmas, that yes. is so special to do. And it takes nothing to be able to copy a recipe and put it in a frame for someone. We did a wedding. We had a bride who... Uh, this was the most creative wedding. We, it was a potluck wedding. We had it at Holly Hill. We did all the protein, the meats and stuff mm-hmm. at the the restaurant. And she asked all her guests, instead of bringing a gift, to bring a dish with the recipe card. And we had hundreds of these dishes. We put a flatbed trailer up in the side yard, and they all put the – we draped it in white linen and had all the dishes all around, and she got all the recipes. How special is that? Yeah. I mean, that's family at its mm-hmm. best, you know, where you can just pull up a potluck. I always say a church potluck is the best thing that it you is. can wander into, <laughs> it right? Is, it is. Wita, thank you so much. The One of the questions that I, I typically throw into a lot of people is because I do love books, and I'm a bookworm, and I always like to, to pick people's brains and see maybe if they're reading something or if there's been a book or something that's been special to you over the years. Oh, my gosh, yes. Well, I have a huge cookbook library. Um, I'm right now looking at a book called The Wild Foods of Appalachia. It's this little tiny paperback that a a collection of cookbooks, a gentleman passed away, uh, Mr. Fields, I'll say, and he didn't have a place for his book collection uh, and his family didn't know what to do with it. And they gave, they asked me if I'd like it. So I use, I get a lot of cookbooks given to me at this point and I give them to all these young chefs that I know that need cookbooks. Um, but that's a really cool book, and it's about, it's a testimonial. It's written by one little gentleman, I can't think of what his name is, that he's going through all the foods that he's gathered in Appalachia. But I love, um, from a cookbook perspective, I love all of Ronnie Lundy's books. Um, and, I mean, oh gosh, I have so many that are hard hard for me to even, uh, the, the book that I just finished celebrating is La Russe Gastronomique, which is this big cooking encyclopedia that was written by a guy in 1938 called Prosper Montagnier. And he was one of the f- real famous French chefs, but he wrote this book, um, and his birthday is November 14th, so that's why we have Cassoulet at Holly Hill. Um, so I was just looking through that and ex- explaining the book to everybody. Um, but I'm a big reader. I do read 
It's my downtime. I mm-hmm. mean, it's, I know we all get busy, but sometimes it's the only thing I can get to kind of shut my brain off mm-hmm. from the rest of the world and focus on a small little world inside those pages. So. I really agree. I, one food writer that you might really like is MFK Fisher. Have mm-hmm. you ever heard no. of her? So she's passed away now, but she is sometimes considered like one of the great essayists, at least about food in our time. And she wrote a book called Gastronomical Me. You would love that. Okay. It's every, every chapter is a letter of the alphabet, and yeah. each chapter stands alone. So it's a little essay, but she tells the story of her life through food. I love it. It's going on the list. <laughs> I'm committing it. Wita, thank you so much. Folks, if you're listening and you haven't gotten a chance to try any one of Wita's restaurants, please take my word. Go do yourself a favor. Take some time for you and your family and go pick any one of them and just enjoy a great night in a great spot with some good food and you're going to feel like you're at home. Wita, thank you. You're a gem to have in our community and we appreciate your spirit and everything that you bring to to Central Kentucky and around. Well, gosh, thank you, Amber. Happy birthday. Thank you very much. All right, this has been Uniquely Kentucky. Thank you so much for listening. Again, this is season two, so we're going to be rocking and rolling with some new guests coming your way. We appreciate you listening. And until next time, I'll see you on the news on WKYT.